Welcome to Evolve Nutrition Radio, where you learn how to ditch the diet mentality and deconstruct your health and fitness goals into habits you can do for the rest of your life. Hey folks, thanks for tuning in and I want to welcome you all to another episode of Evolve Nutrition Radio. I'm your host, Alex McMahon, and this is episode 31, Why You Don't Have a Slow Metabolism, Part 1, Non-Exercise Activity Thermogenesis. So first and foremost, I want to apologize to all you for my absence. I've been a little overwhelmed and made some changes to both my exercise routine, some athletic goals, and then also my nutrition practice over this past year that has caused me to kind of divert some of my energy away from certain things. Um, In the process, though, I competed my very first no-gi jiu-jitsu tournament and took second place. And I also recently competed in my very first powerlifting meet as well, and again, took second place. Um, Both of those have actually required a lot more time and energy than I previously anticipated, and that kind of took away from a few other aspects of my life, and one of them actually, unfortunately, happened to be the podcast. But now I'm back and I'll be dropping new episodes every two weeks for all of you all to listen. So um, if you are still listening, I really greatly appreciate you guys' attention. I know that that's the most valuable thing. I, uh, I want to thank you guys for sticking with me and I can promise you new episodes every two weeks from here on out. So uh, a common thing that I hear a lot of people talking about in these days is um, they chalk up their lack of fat loss progress to actually having a slow metabolism. And while there are certain people who do have what's known as a thrifty phenotype, which makes fat loss a lot more difficult for them, more often than not, those people actually don't have a slow metabolism. They're just making some of the mistakes that we're going to be detailing in the next few episodes of Evolved Nutrition Radio. But first, before we can start kind of diving into why people don't actually most of the time have a slow metabolism, it's probably a good idea to kind of define what a metabolism actually is. So your metabolism is something that a lot of people really chalk up to the amount of calories that you burn in a day. And while it is definitely a big part of your metabolism, it's actually a lot more complicated than that. Your metabolism is the combination of all the physical and chemical reactions that are taking place inside your cells that either produce or use up energy. The two processes of the metabolism are known as catabolism and anabolism. Now, these two processes regulate the building up and the breaking down of everything that goes on inside of your body. Catabolism is the process of breaking down larger molecules into smaller ones for the purpose of providing energy so that your body can actually use that energy to do work. An example of something that would be catabolic or uh, catabolism would be breaking down, you know, proteins, fats, and carbohydrates that you've eaten during digestion that your body can then use to use for energy. On the opposite side of the spectrum, we have anabolism. Anabolism uses what was broken down and made into energy through catabolism to be able to rebuild and repair things such as tissues, um, you know, your muscle that you build in the gym. That is an anabolic process. So that would be anabolism. The very same carbohydrates and proteins and fats that were broken down during digestion during a catabolic process are then used to build muscle, store body fat, or rebuild other tissues. So From there, we start to look at what the different components of your metabolism are, and there's actually four of them that uh, that we're going to be concentrating on, and they're the four that comprise the amount of calories that you burn on a daily basis. So the very first one would be your basal metabolic rate. So your basal metabolic rate is the amount of calories 
that you'll use to maintain basic functions in the body, such as keeping blood pumping, breathing, or keeping organs working. Now, this, this number would be the exact same whether you laid in bed all day or whether you ran a marathon. It's really what some people refer to as bed rest calories because there's not a lot of factors that you can do that will actually impact your BMR. Uh, one of the big ones that most people don't really think about is the amount of muscle mass that you have or gaining um, or losing weight can impact your BMR. The next one we're going to be talking about is the thermic effect of food. Now, the thermic effect of food is actually the number of calories that our body has to burn to break down, digest, and assimilate nutrients from the food that we've eaten. Each of the macronutrients, proteins, fats, and carbs all have a different thermic effect of food. That means that your body has to actually burn a different amount of calories to digest and assimilate them as well. Um, on top of that, while it's not specifically a recognized macronutrient, one of the foods that does have one of the highest thermic effect of food ratings is actually going to be a fiber. So fiber and protein are the two food sources that have the largest thermic effect, which means your body has to dedicate the most calories to breaking down and getting energy from those foods. The next part of the metabolism we're going to be talking about is the thermic effect of activity. So when you're engaged in any kind of purposeful strength training or cardiovascular exercise, this is going to fall within the thermic effect of activity. And it's usually the amount of calories that you expend during this normal exercise. Last but certainly not least is non-exercise activity thermogenesis, also known as NEAT. And that's what we're going to be discussing a lot more in today's podcast. So this is actually the low-grade activities that we do on a day-to-day basis, such as walking, going from sitting to standing, fidgeting, or getting ready for work, walking to the grocery store, all these different kinds of things that are basic day-to-day activities that we don't really give a ton of thought to. And this is the amount of calories that we burn when we're actually not trying to exercise or raise our heart rate in any real formal fashion. So when you combine all of these different ways that our body expends energy, um, the four components of your metabolism, what you get is the total amount of calories that you burn in a day, also known as your metabolic rate, your daily burn, or your total daily energy expenditure. Some people refer to that as your TDEE. Now, for the purpose of this podcast, we're going to be focusing mostly on non-exercise activity thermogenesis and how the energy expended by this part of your metabolism has some of the greatest impacts on fat loss. There are going to be a number of factors that play a large role in how many calories you actually burn through NEAT. And while some of them have to do with your movement, others have to do with things such as your gender, your current food intake, and actually your metabolic health. Now, NEAT appears to be a part of the metabolism that would seem pretty straightforward. There's a lot more than meets the eye when it comes to non-exercise activity thermogenesis and the impacts it can actually have on your fat loss efforts. I feel as though uh, NEAT is really given the credit that it deserves for the role that it can play in fat loss, and that is exactly why we're discussing it today on ENR. In case you haven't caught on, ENR is short for Evolved Nutrition Radio, because I'm kind of lazy sometimes. Non-exercise activity thermogenesis is really just your day-to-day activity that takes place when you're not exercising or working out. Um, Like we mentioned a little bit earlier, it's things such as typing on your computer, fidgeting, going from standing to sitting, doing the dishes, maybe doing yard work, or even playing with your dog or your children. Your day-to-day neat activities actually end up burning four more calories than you give it credit for. In large, you don't give too much conscious thought to your day-to-day activity, thus you don't really consider the impacts that NEAT would have on fat loss. For this reason and a lot more, the calories that we burn through NEAT fly pretty much underneath the radar. 
I think it's partly because it doesn't leave us drenched in sweat and out of breath and we don't have to go to a gym to do it. If you want proof of how effective NEAT is at helping you to burn off extra calories, look no further than your Fitbit or your activity tracker. Now, while the calories burned on most activity trackers is actually going to be inaccurate, it does give you somewhat of a ballpark idea of the extra calories you expend when you're walking, doing yard work, or maybe taking a hike for the day. Most people who are looking to lose body fat seem to think that spending an hour at the gym makes up for an otherwise sedentary lifestyle. But the amount of calories that we burn at the gym are actually relatively low when compared to the amount of calories that we burn through NEAT on a daily basis. If you compare someone who works at a desk job to someone who's on their feet all day like a manual laborer or maybe a waitress, the caloric burn for the laborer or the waiter could be upwards of double of what the desk jockey burns. Can NEAT really burn an extra 1,000 calories per day? The answer is yes. In the book Move a Little, Lose a Lot, Dr. James Levine helped to show exactly how important NEAT is when it comes to creating sustainable weight loss for individuals. He helped to run an eight-week study with 16 non-obese individuals who were overfed by 1,000 extra calories in excess of what they needed to maintain their body weight. These participants experienced a nearly two-thirds energy increase in their daily energy expenditure through NEAT once they were being overfed by 1,000 extra calories. Among, among the participants of the study, there was a tenfold difference in how much fat some people gained when compared to others. The people who gained the least amount of body fat were also the people who experienced the largest boost in their NEAT response to the overfeeding. A large number of participants gained such little weight that the researchers became skeptical and assumed that they were sneaking off and exercising on their own, even though it was strictly prohibited through the rules of the study. When the researchers had participants wear NASA-inspired, yes, you heard me right, NASA-inspired suits that tracked their daily movement, they found out something that was extremely interesting. The participants who barely gained any weight during this study dramatically increased their NEAT movement to the degree that they actually burned off a thousand extra calories through NEAT activity day to day. The people who gained the most weight in the study were shown to not increase their NEAT activity in response to the extra calories, and some even decreased their NEAT in response to the extra thousand calories. Other studies have found that people can burn upwards of 2,000 calories per day above their resting metabolic rate through NEAT when taken to an extreme level. There's also been a recent trend of replacing actual traditional cardio with NEAT. Now, the trend these days is to get away from traditional cardio for fat loss, and I feel a large part of this has to do with how people respond to cardio with strength training, and it also comes down in large to personal preference. When someone is trying to lose body fat, strength training is going to be one of the best ways that allows them to preserve as much lean muscle mass, which is also going to lead to them having a higher calorie burn. When someone does too much traditional cardio, it actually has a tendency to add too much stress and increase the appetite and hinder recovery from strength training. In response to this, you'll find many nutrition coaches now giving their fat loss clients specific step counts to hit rather than relying on traditional cardio. One of the largest benefits of using non-exercise activity thermogenesis for fat loss is that it's appropriate for just about any level of fitness. Just about anybody can get out of their house and hit a certain amount of steps per day if they prioritize it. The same can't be said for traditional cardio because for some people who are extremely overweight, it just places too much stress on the joints and can actually be painful. When it comes to dieting for fat loss, 
managing appetite and cravings is going to be a huge part of the puzzle. NEAT, unlike traditional cardio, doesn't cause any large increases in someone's appetite and it also makes it much easier for them to actually manage their appetite. Someone who's looking to lose body fat can get out and hit a certain amount of steps daily without the added stress on their joints, the increases in appetite, or the added recovery time needed from traditional cardio. Sitting for too long kills your NEAT and actually hinders your full, your full capacity to be able to burn calories unconsciously. This is why it's important to go for periodic walks, alternate standing and sitting, while working, and let yourself fidget. Dr. James Levine, the very same person who showed that you could burn an extra 1,000 calories through NEAT on a day-to-day -day basis, found that people who were obese tended to actually burn fewer calories through NEAT, but they also tended to sit an extra 2.5 hours per day, more so than their sedentary lean counterparts. If these same individuals were to adopt a more NEAT-friendly lifestyle in those two and a half hours, they could burn a projected 350 calories more per day. We've been led to believe that if a form of exercise doesn't leave you drenched in sweat, it doesn't burn nearly as many calories, but, but we both know this, this just plain isn't true. We actually burn significantly more calories through day-to-day -day NEAT activities than we do with any other form of movement because we're constantly moving, fidgeting, walking, or standing up. The true key to your fat loss has little to do with what you're doing in the gym, but rather the other 23 hours a day. Obviously, this includes your nutrition habits on top of it all. In the next two weeks, we're actually going to be taking a closer look at the different factors that impact the amount of calories you burn and a closer look at your metabolism and explaining why you may not actually have a slow metabolism, but how you may be doing things such as underestimating your food intake how you may actually be dieting too hard and how that could make your further attempts to lose body fat more difficult. So as always, I greatly, greatly appreciate you taking the time to listen to Evolve Nutrition Radio. I want to thank you guys from the bottom of my heart for sticking with the podcast. And if you'd like to connect with me, you can find me on social media. You can find me on Instagram at Evolve Nutritional Therapy. You can find me on Snapchat and Twitter at Evolve NTPDX. You can find me on Facebook at Evolve Nutritional Therapy, LLC, or if you'd like to email me directly with any questions or concerns, or if you just want to connect, you can find me at EvolveNT.PDX at gmail.com. Thanks so much, and I'll talk to you in another week.